You're listening to the Rubbish Trip Podcast. Two no-waste nomads talk trash with people in Aotearoa, New Zealand. In 2017, engineers and sailors Anna and Robin Dawson created Plastic Free Pantry, a zero-waste grocery delivery service on Waiheke Island that delivers whole foods and local foodstuffs and reusable glass jars to customers across the island. In June 2019, we sat down with Anna to hear more about the plastic-free pantry model she and Robin have created and their vision for zero-waste food distribution systems and the circular economy. We delved into Anna and Robin's sailing background, their experience running beach cleans in the Philippines, and how this all ties back to eating and shopping more locally, mindfully and kindly. We started off by asking Anna to describe to us what Plastic Free Pantry is and why she created it. I see Plastic Free Pantry as building systems to make reducing plastic or living zero waste convenient for people and it's helping people be liberated from the burden of plastic. That's kind of what I, mm. what I see it as. <laughs> and how do you achieve that through Plastic Free Pantry? So what we do is we pack food in glass jars and we send it out to our customers and then we receive those jars back for, for washing and repacking into the, the jars. It's a little bit different to the bulk bin concept where you have to bring your jars with you and you have to pour all the food in yourself. We're actually still creating a kind of grab-and-go type of shopping experience, but we are doing the hard work for people. We're really interested in circular systems, so even beyond Plastic Free Pantry, we're starting on the island a bag return system. A lot of people are accumulating a lot of reusable bags now, especially that the supermarkets have switched over to the polyester bags. Mm. So we're creating a drop bin and a pickup station. And I'm all about those sort of systems that sort of take the burden off the busy person. Because I know not everyone gives this as much thought as as I do yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. others do and they shouldn't have to as well like people everyone has their own battles to fight so we're really targeting that sort of person mm. and also maybe the person that doesn't necessarily have time to go to the bulk bins that want their jars dropped on their doorstep and their empty jars picked up for them that's sort of our market I guess yeah because yeah, it's a really common criticism of like individual lifestyle change to reduce your waste or environmental footprint is oh it's too time consuming and I'm too busy but like you acknowledge that a lot of people are really busy and we've, maybe we've just created a society where that's the norm but you've created a business model that kind of cuts through that yeah I guess ultimately in an ideal world you'd also be helping people become less busy so that mm. they do have time mm. to to do these sorts of things but I mean I think the way I see it is we can pack say 60 jars at once and further down the track we could be using machinery to pack into jars exactly what plastic is uh, I mean it's annoying that we've created this industrial kind of food system but I think even this industrial food system could just be packaging into a different medium 
and then washing that and reusing it. And then that frees up our time to do other things. My background's in engineering and I think I'm very systems orientated. So it's a, for mm-hmm. me, it's about really creating the systems that can be used by busy people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can imagine some, like particularly when you're talking about upscaling this beyond just plastic-free pantry, it's interesting because I can hear or imagine a lot of naysayers in the business world being like, well, you're trying to make it more convenient for people, but this sounds like a really labor-intensive business model. And what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it doesn't... I think because we're still small-scale, we're doing hand-packing and we are hand-washing, but the washing's really efficient and the hand-packing is the thing that slows us down, but... Mm further down the track if you could prove the business model you could be having big machines with conveyors that are dropping everything into glass jars so it doesn't have to be really labor intensive it's just labor intensive because we're a small business at the moment and in terms of where we see it going yeah I mean it's sort of limitless in terms of what you can pack into glass jars you do have to pack glass jars close to the source so I mean I sort of imagine lots of local packing houses so the food's shipped around in these big sacks Mm. and then there's local packing houses that put it into glass and then they send it out to people's houses or to retailers it doesn't matter and then there's a collection system and a return system where people get credits. (laughs) See, this is quite beautiful because, I mean, really this is what used to happen a lot back in the day with, say, milk, beer, a lot of goods. But that was back when we had smaller distribution networks geographically. And so kind of a return to reusable glass packaging where glass jars come back from the consumer to the retailer. That kind of seems to encourage a shift towards more locally minded business networks and that's quite cool and it's interesting you're trialing on Waiheke as well which is kind of like a captive market in some ways for experimenting yeah I mean a part of the reason I love this is I love the whole supporting local economies and seeing local economies thrive keeping the money within our community so there's been some really nice moments where you know we've just partnered with a lady who makes kombucha and she's making it here on the island so we can accept those jars back as well and then we can Mm. wash them and return them to her but we're also purchasing her kombucha ourselves so she's invoicing me and I'm invoicing her and Mm. it's those moments where you realise and you can see the money staying within the local economy Mm. that I think really boosts that sort of feeling of community because Mm. traditionally we traded with people we knew and we've sort of we've parted ways with that and I don't know if it's sort of we we definitely wouldn't have the range of goods that we have currently if we did return completely to a localized system but I think any transaction like that is a really positive one and we need more and more of that in the world Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm loving you know just the local partnerships but also returning those jars and bottles to people locally so we partner with a herb spread Waiheke herb spread as well and we're returning jars to her and financially for us that's a good model because we're washing instead of recycling the jars she's getting a better price for her jars than if she bought them from the mainland Mm. but we're also getting there's a differential in the 
the amount it costs us to wash those jars and what we're selling them back to her for. So um, there's lots of interesting things with waste, I think, and people are just sort of starting to see the potential of reuse and that there is a business model there. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just about um, waste minimisation, but actually the, the, the economic sense in that system as well. Yeah, and, and then that's an, it's one of those nice ones where the economic right thing to do and the environmental right mm. thing to do is aligned mm. because if she was buying them from Auckland they'd be being shipped over whereas mm. we're just returning them to her locally so the transport of that jar is literally five kilometers as opposed mm. to two ferry rides and in, in 20 kilometers so mm. yeah it's, it's nice customer's point of view that there's like an appetite for this sort of system or do you think that there's a bit more work that needs to be done to kind of get people to realize I think it's one thing we've noticed is from our perspective our repeat business has increased through this system because Mm. people are aware of the jars that they need to return and we're crediting their account so there's some money on their account that they use and so we actually found it harder to encourage repeat use prior to going into glass jars so we started actually packaging in paper bags I think there's probably about I don't know what you guys think but maybe five percent of the market at the moment that are looking for strictly zero waste plastic free options and I think we've captured that definitely on Waiheke. I think we're at like 10% or something. Mm. But Waiheke is obviously a unique community yeah. <laughs> where um, probably 20% of the market on Waiheke are looking for these options and we're sharing 10% between our model and maybe 10% going to the bulk bins on the island. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing for us is that we're not really restricted in terms of a retail space in terms of what goes into the jars like we can increase our product range infinitely almost Mm. because we're in a warehouse space we've got capacity to do that whereas if you're in a retail shop bulk bins do take up a little bit of space and you're probably a little bit limited in how many products you can have Mm. yeah Mm. you mentioned before that your background is in engineering and you talked about how you're a systems person which is pretty amazing because I think when we think about circular economies it's like next level system change so I'd be quite interested to know yeah a little bit more about your background and why you decided to start Plastic Free Pantry because it seems quite far away from (laughs) engineering yeah Yeah, so um, I settled out in Auckland as a civil engineer and had a great year and a half doing that um, for a company called Tonkin and Taylor and then they had some projects up in the Philippines so I got transferred up into the Philippines and worked there for probably yeah a year off and on though and I think that was a really sort of awakening time for me personally I met a lot of really interesting people in the Philippines but also saw they're a country of 100 million people so Mm. everything that you do on a consumer level is just multiplied compared to and it's a very similar land area to New Zealand I actually I first was interested to solve some of the social issues and 
the inequalities that I'd seen up in the Philippines. But during that time, also came across sailing and met my now husband who was into sailing. And that kind of got us started on this journey of environmental um, work. So we actually sailed in 2013, sailed from Auckland up to the Philippines over a year and a half. And during that time, just the sea life that we saw and the, yeah, just everything about being out on the ocean really made us appreciate what we have and it was maybe six months later we welcomed our first son and since then have had another daughter and once you have kids and you realize I mean even prior to kids I always had this feeling that we just need to be so kind to our planet but Mm -hmm. I think once you see once you start thinking about what life is going to be like for them you get even more passionate about Mm -hmm. this work so yeah a lot around the country is that naysayers are quite quick to say okay well it's great that you're not passing waste onto the consumer they get the glass jar and so on yeah but it's not like those glass jars have magically filled themselves like the product has still come to you in packaging so what's your view on that and do you still think that it's less packaging overall does it make a difference is it worth going to the effort of shopping this way yeah well we I mean We always buy in the biggest sack that we can find, so 25 kgs is our norm. Um, We do have some smaller than that, and we do have probably our minimum, our absolute minimum would be 5 kgs. But if you look at a 5 kg bag, we also think about the products that is inside it. For example, our dried mangoes do come in a 5 kg bag, but in the pack downs, they're in a 150 gram bag Mm. so we're saving Mm. what is it it's like you know 30 plus little plastic bags Mm. from being going out into the universe the Mm. other thing is the sacks are they're there regardless you know everything is transported in these sacks so all these sacks get further put into plastic bags so we'll figure out the sacks (laughs) once we've figured out everything else Mm. I, I see that as one of the well I'm sure there's other people working on that step for now we're not working on that step I know there's a company in Czechoslovakia who are designing these sort of modular units that could be sent out to farmers to pack rice in or whatever Um, and just briefly mentioned it to you before Hannah but I kind of see packaging as something that we need to standardize so Mm. The shipping container really changed the world with how we moved goods. So a shipping container can arrive in Auckland Mm. and it gets filled in Auckland and sent back out. At the moment, we are sending things one way and then putting them in landfill. But if we standardise packaging, we'll be able to create a circular economy a lot more easily. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of conversation that groups like Ellen MacArthur Foundation are having around, yeah, standardisation. And there's too much sort of 
bad innovation in the sense that it's not bad, but everybody's innovating and nobody's really looking at what anyone else is doing. Yeah, totally. And it's like innovation without that circularity in mind. It's just that, oh, this is a great product for the, the time that it's being used, but then when it's not being used, well, we just won't even think about that. Yeah, and they're doing some amazing work. Um, and Ellen MacArthur also has a sailing background, yeah. so I uh, think yeah. maybe the message to everyone is get out, get <laughs> out in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. think there's a lot of people who would agree that our wastefulness or our ability to sort of do things that mm. might not be very good for the environment comes more deeply from a disconnection from the natural environment. And so whatever it is that can reconnect you, yes, whether it's sailing or just hanging out at the beach or whatever is mm. probably a good thing and yeah going swimming and yeah just, yeah i mean why did can i ask you guys questions yeah. why, why did why did you get into it oh, it's, it's hard a to long say. story yeah. <laughs> it's just more that it's a really boring story like yeah. we just kind of always had to think about waste but never really crossed our minds that you could live waste free i guess because mm. disposability is so normalized mm. and it was really actually it was kind of the opposite experience actually to going out and connecting with nature i was working overseas in london and just the exposure to a next level normalization of wastefulness i felt like i was constantly going against the grain and that like mm. made me but that's when i realized well actually but i'm still producing lots of waste even though i'm critical of everybody else yeah and so then i googled living without a rubbish bin and liam was there too yeah we're like found out mm. that other people were doing it and once yeah. you know other people are doing it, it's like well it can't be no can't excuses be yeah no excuses <laughs> but i think it was that sort of being in a different place and you know to be fair we um you know new zealand is not great in terms of its wastefulness per capita but that's it's one of the worst yep. but yeah because there's just less less of us that sheer quantity of impact is not really seen maybe we our waste management system is good at hiding our waste from us for the most part um, oh, yeah whereas, i mean that's know, part of the problem that we're not connected to our waste either. exactly like if exactly. we had to bury it in our own garden then yeah, yeah. we'd be a bit pissed and traveling to countries where um they don't have those good management systems in place and you just see it you're confronted by it yeah actually yeah it makes you think about it and yeah has strive to minimize yeah it. i always found beach so in between all of this i actually cycled around the philippines doing beach cleanups and mm. and sharing information with kids in schools but i always found the beach cleanups were amazing just because you really saw in the philippines like in new zealand mm. we kind of sweep it all up but in the philippines you've got it all laid out there on the beach so you mm. can see what are the items that mm. are really problematic mm. and mm. I found food packaging it was mm. always food packaging and especially snacks you know mm. like mm. chip packets like mm. all those things just like laid out on the beach and um yeah the second one would be like I think we found so many bags <laughs> stop buying bags people <laughs> but that actually um, comes back to that original question I asked you about is it worth it shopping with plastic free pantry because you know the stuff still comes packaged to you but yeah what you're probably more likely to see which more likely to escape waste management systems is those small consumer-facing packets. Yeah, and it's not just the ingredient. I saw one fly off the back of a bin as I was driving home the other day, mm-hmm. and a twenty-five kg sack couldn't fly off the back of a bin easily. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. get swept up in the wind, and yeah, I mean, 
we're not perfect behind the scenes, but we're doing our best, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and I think also what you're saying about system change over time, I think we kind of need to shift towards this way of shopping before... Well, more people need to do it before we are getting to the point where we're actually confronted by that backroom waste yeah. that we're going to start thinking about it. But you also, you deal with the biggest impact that you can have at the start. And so all the backroom stuff is quite small impact. Like, I mean, mm. I would say we're generating like one sack in three months, something mm. like that. I mean, we're a small turnover company, but we can have more impact at the front than we can at the back at the moment. So mm. we're going where the impact is, I guess. Looking more locally to source some things, do you find that you're sometimes looking up the supply chain and making purchasing decisions based on packaging? So we do go way, way up the supply chain, yeah. and yes, we tend to try New Zealand, but you know, we are limited, but we've just recently taken on Kiwi Quinoa, and we've taken on a New Zealand hazelnut supplier, so... Yeah, we're kind of getting there in terms of our product range. We're sort of sifting through and discarding some of the suppliers that don't align. But also trying to show people that you can have a range of products and it's not just one type of food. So I, I sort of, I'm most focused on showing that people can live off this food. That yeah. You can have a few treats, you can have your beautiful whole foods and... Yeah, there's not too many sacrifices, I guess, because we live and breathe this. Our family is, you know, we're, I would say, 95% waste-free. We're not as good as Hannah and Liam, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, we still get a bit through the mail, which I'm trying to work on this Mm plastic-free July. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so we're only eating fresh food and the food from Plastic-Free Pantry, and no one's suffering. (laughs) I mean, last year we gave up milk because last Plastic-Free July we dropped milk bottles and cheese, and I've actually found that amazing, and my husband Mm. has too, just health-wise. Interesting. Yeah, Mm. it is interesting, and probably not a... Thing we want to open up in this discussion <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I think the main thing that I want to I always want to stress is I don't think there's any sacrifices to be made and in fact mm. it's it's just an amazing journey so mm. aside from the fact that we want to cater to busy people we also think that this is a good thing to be doing at a personal level there's it's not about mm. hardship and it's not about there's not it, it doesn't take too much lo- you know, once you build, once you build the systems in your own house, so easy. So yeah. So plastic-free pantry then is not just about providing plastic-free foods for, to people, but it's actually—is there an educational element to it? Yeah, we. I think we were better at the educational element at the start before we got too mm. busy with the business. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My background is more in sort of advocacy and mm. and that kind of thing. But the business is pretty time-consuming and we've got two kids. But we are doing some work through Plastic Free July and we love organising beach cleanups and events like that. I think 
longer term I would like to get better balance between <laughs> education yeah. and yeah creating better systems yeah. but I think with young kids you just yeah, trying course, to do your best <laughs> yeah. but it's like you know all those things you were mentioning just before it's like if people realized you know that's the intention and that's it those are the benefits from you know yeah. shopping and, and eating this way you yeah. know more people way more people would would sign up to it if they could yeah you know, and i'm sure you guys are always advocating how easy it actually is and and you guys are on the road as well which actually makes things harder i think because you've got to be more on your toes because <laughs> the environment's always changing yeah because, yeah. yeah, so when I was cycling through the Philippines, we were also doing that zero waste as well. But, yeah, I mean, whilst we didn't visibly see plastic and waste, I'm sure behind the scenes we were consuming a bit in terms of we were eating at local carinderias and, yeah. Mm. So it's, it is pretty hard when you're on the move, but yeah. you guys do it so sure. well. So, <laughs> Well, I think also we're in a position where we can be extremely flexible because we don't have any dependents, children or anything and so if we are in a town where there's no bulk store and all there is to eat is fresh fruit and vegetables that we have to turn into a meal that's okay yeah <laughs> like we can do that we don't have to impose that on anybody else yeah and perhaps so. like i don't know what you guys say but i reckon one of the number one things and this is detrimental to business but you know the first place to start is just a lot of fresh fruit and veggies i reckon mm. yeah because you can grab them pretty easily without plastic mm. yeah because you're a mum and you have kids and they're small children too it's not like they're sort of independent how do you manage setting up something like plastic free pantry um, we have really good support um so my parents are on the island mm. and also my husband took a year off work last year as well mm. so we were sharing the the childcare, and we did that with josh too um we just put things on hold for a year so it was a real it was a shared venture last year and then he's gone back to work this year so now it's <laughs> The work part's busier, but also Baba's getting a little bit easier as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's just having good support. And definitely I'm in a, I guess I'm in a position that other mums might not have, you know, like they might not be able to, you know, have grandparents close by and that kind of thing. So I think if you are, if you're a mum that's struggling to get on top of the waste thing, just wait for the kids to get a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, I, I feel like we also need to go easy on ourselves all the time, yeah. eh? Like, yeah. and that's why we've always going back to the business is we're trying to make it as easy as possible for yeah. people. So really trying to be caring to people and say, look this is a solution if you can't deal with other options yeah yeah and that having support of the community whether that's family or whether that's a business showing that support that's such an important part of helping people to make these changes you know that yeah, people might genuinely want to do but find it really difficult that yeah that support is just such a vital part of that yeah we only started this journey like five years ago so five years ago we were yeah so i think when you can like anyone that's doing this you can remember yourself <laughs> however long ago it yeah, was yeah. so you'd never yeah. be critical sometimes we'll go to a party and people will be like oh sorry it's in plastic i'm like oh, 
you know, like you mm. never have yeah. to say sorry to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you guys yeah. would experience yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we really don't like the sorries. Don't it need to say sorry about anything because mm. I'm doing what I'm doing and you're yeah. where, where you're at, and I'm never going to judge where you're at. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You, you don't want to feel like a social pariah. Like, <laughs> oh, shall we invite Hannah and Anna? Or maybe not because they're like plastic free and we're not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not be invited to parties anymore? <laughs> well, soon the parties will be completely no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think what you guys are doing is amazing and inspiring, and it's such a key part. Like the education's the first part, and then everything else flows on from that. I reckon, and it's just a cool grassroots movement, really. I, I love this because everyone can do something. Yeah, there's no one. That, you don't need to look anywhere else. Yes, we do need policy change, but every single person can do one thing today. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's such a neat movement in that respect. Yeah, totally, it is, and it's very leveling, and people from all walks of life are attracted to zero waste, I think, because yep. everybody produces waste, it doesn't matter which part of the political spectrum you're on, yep. um, so it's, yeah, it's quite, it can be something that can be quite non-partisan. And yeah, and, and quite uniting, I think, I mean, mm. you look at the Zero Waste New Zealand group, and that's just just full of people doing amazing things yeah. and sharing their ideas mm. so that zero From waste of life too right? yeah Just definitely awesome. it's yeah it's a uniting movement so it's yeah. a really cool one to be a part of yeah. <laughs> yeah and actually it was interesting recently we were in Hawke's Bay and we were speaking we did two talks there in and in the space of less than seven days there were our two talks a talk by Kate Meads, the nappy lady, lady. Yeah, 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 waste free <laughs> living workshops, and also Nick Turner, who runs Mainstream Green. So yes. they were three different, well, four because we did two in seven days, and all of us were full, so you know, completely sold out. And so, Amazing. like, there's this thing of, you know, it was really cool to trial it actually, and it wasn't intentional. It was just a complete coincidence, but yeah. just this thing that actually we're not in competition, yeah. mm. and actually the more that people hear about waste from different angles, yeah. because we all have quite different approaches, yeah, it seems to just build up the movement, yeah, which is quite and nice. Everyone, everyone says things in slightly different ways, I think, mm. and people will resonate with different things from everyone so it's yeah I think that's neat and it is important not to be in competition with people it's Mm. about working together on this I think yeah Yeah, and I think especially when we start to think about waste up supply chains the more people who are providing low waste shopping options the bigger the voice will be going up supply chains Mm. and hopefully that just boosts the market yeah Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. It's really awesome. Yeah. To no worries. Good luck with the rest of the journey. Yeah. Thank you. And you too. Honestly, we think Plastic Free Pantry is amazing too. Like, because it's such a unique model. You know, we would just love to see this. The system. The system thing. all yeah. over New Zealand and all over the world. Would be amazing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs>